I'm your host, Koi, and today's episode of Crime Nerds covers the case of a young college student. A lot of times, when there is a case involving a college student, it revolves around a college trip or something that happened on campus. But this case is different. This is a young woman who is returning to her hometown for a long weekend. This is the story of Brianna Dennison. Brianna Dennison was born on March 29, 1988. She grew up in Reno, Nevada and graduated from Reno High School in 2006. For college, Brianna moved about eight hours away to attend Santa Barbara City College where she studied psychology. With Martin Luther King Jr. Day giving students a long weekend, Brianna decided to go back to Reno with some friends. While she was back in her hometown, she stayed at KT Hunter's house, who had been a close friend of hers since high school. On January 19, 2008, Brianna attended a party with some friends near the University of Nevada campus. Around 4 in the morning on January 20th, Brianna returned to KT's with some of her friends so that they could go to sleep. While everyone else had a bedroom to sleep in, Brianna was crashing on the couch. KT gave Brianna a pillow and a stuffed teddy bear to use as an extra pillow before saying goodnight. KT woke up around 9 that morning and she didn't see Brianna on the couch. At first, she just assumed that Brianna couldn't get comfortable on the couch, so she moved to one of the other bedrooms. Katie left the apartment to go pick up her car from where the party was the night before, since they didn't drive home. When Katie returned, she noticed that Brianna wasn't in any of the other bedrooms either. She then went back to the couch, and her heart began pounding. As she looked more closely, there was a stain on the pillow that wasn't there when she gave it to Brianna the night before and it looked a lot like a bloodstain. She then found Brianna's purse, shoes, and cell phone were still in the apartment. Now, I'm not a parent, and I can only imagine the fear that Brianna's parents felt when KT and the other friends called them to tell them what was going on, and her parents immediately contacted law enforcement who responded to the house. The forensics team went in to do their work. First thing, they confirmed that it was in fact a blood stain on the pillow, and the blood came back to match Brianna's. They then located touch DNA on the doorknob, and also DNA from an unknown male that was on the couch where Brianna was sleeping. Detectives didn't work this as a missing persons case. With all of Brianna's belongings at the house, the blood left behind, and other DNA from a male there, there was no question that she did not leave on her own so it was considered a kidnapping from the very beginning. The Reno Police Department brought in the help of the FBI, and on January 21st, the agencies began searching the area of the University of Nevada for evidence and witnesses. Then things took a turn when the unidentified male DNA came back. But the DNA didn't match a person. Instead, it matched two other sexual assaults that happened around the same area. One was just a few months before, on November 13th, 2007. The other was on December 16th, 2007. The victims of these other attacks, they did not know the suspect, but they were able to provide the police with a description and a composite sketch of the suspect was made. 
On January 29, 2008, police released the sketch to the public, asking for any information. Investigators began interviewing approximately 100 sex offenders that lived within a mile of the house where Brian was staying that night. While police were doing their interviews, an additional 1,700 volunteers began searching an area around the house as well as any evidence that could help find Brianna. But the big break in this case wasn't going to come from a police interview or the hundreds of volunteers. Instead, it would come from a man who was just trying to get some food. So I hope you don't get tired of me saying thank you because I feel thankful every single day for everyone that listens to this podcast. You can follow this podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Crime Nerds Podcast where I post photos and other information from cases. I also personally believe that I post some pretty good memes that go along with my coffee addiction, so please go follow. Now, back to the show. On February 15, 2008, Albert Jimenez was walking back to work after his lunch break at Subway. He decided to cut across a vacant lot to get back to work, but then he noticed a Christmas tree in a ditch, and there seemed to be something that was bright and orange under it that caught his attention. Albert approached the Christmas tree, and he found that the bright colors, they were actually socks, and the socks were on the feet of a dead body. Albert didn't have a cell phone, so he rushed back to work and he called the police. When police arrived, they were able to identify the body as a female. They began processing the scene and collecting evidence. Other than the bright orange socks, the body was completely nude. Underneath the body were two pairs of women's underwear. It wasn't until the next day, on February 16th, that the medical examiner was able to positively identify the body as Brianna Dennison. Police were able to find out that the underwear that was found under Brianna's body did not belong to her. There was DNA found on the underwear that belonged to an unknown female. Investigators believed that the suspect left the underwear just as a way to taunt them. Over the next several months, thousands and thousands of tips came in. But as the investigators looked into each one, they didn't find any answers. But that would all change with one single tip. On November 1st, 2008, a confidential witness approached detectives. This witness said that they were friends with a female who was dating a guy named James Michael Balia. Their girlfriend confided in this confidential witness that James was living in Reno, but in March of 2008, he suddenly took a job in Washington State. While their girlfriend was helping him move, she found a pair of women's underwear in his truck that did not belong to her. She was also concerned because James looked very similar to the sketch that was being circulated through the media of the suspect. By November, James had ended up moving back to Reno. Detectives went and they interviewed James. They didn't mention about the witness or the underwear found in his truck, and they more so played it off like they were trying to exclude several males that lived in this area. They had received several hundred voluntary DNA samples from guys in that area, and they were wondering if he would give them a DNA sample as well, so that they could just exclude him from this case. James told them that he 
didn't have anything to do with the attacks or the murder of Brianna, and he wasn't going to give them a DNA sample. So the detectives went to James's girlfriend and spoke with her directly, where they learned that James had a four-year-old son with her. Their girlfriend gave detectives permission to take a DNA sample from their son. When the results came back, it showed that the son was a direct relative of the person who left DNA in Brianna's apartment and also matched the other two sexual assaults. On November 25, 2008, James was dropping his son off at daycare. Once his son was away from the vehicle, police moved in and placed James under arrest for murder, kidnapping, and sexual assault. A DNA sample was collected directly from James at that point, which did match up directly to the attacks. On May 27, 2010, James was found guilty by a jury on all of the charges. For his sentencing, he faced the death penalty. The defense attorneys argue that James suffered an abusive childhood and that he shouldn't face the death penalty. However, he was sentenced to death. James has attempted to appeal this decision, but all of his appeals have been denied. While there is an outcome to this case, while a lot of questions have been answered and a suspect has been identified and charged in this case, there are still a lot of questions out there. How did James come across Brianna? Was he at the party that she attended? Did he see her somewhere else and begin stalking her? But even though his DNA has been identified and confirmed as the person involved in these sexual assaults and Brianna's murder, he has denied all of it. So, he hasn't provided any answers himself as to why. A vigil was held for Brianna where people left handwritten posters saying how much they loved her. Brianna's family started a foundation called the Bring Bree Justice Foundation, which is focused on promoting legal efforts to increase consequences to help prevent violent crimes and promote public awareness for women and children in Nevada. This is going to bring us to a conclusion of this episode. Thank you for listening to Crime Hurts.